Blog Talk Radio. Hi everybody, welcome to the Neil and Kristen Baker Psychic Hour. We're here today to take your calls. 914-338-0164 is the call-in number. Please press 1 if you'd like to speak with us. And we would love it if our callers and listeners joined us on Facebook and on Twitter. Those accounts are linked on our Blog Talk Radio profile, Neil and Kristen Baker Psychic. Um, You know, I always say that I don't use... Well, I mean, you know, we, I should say we, but you don't go on the computer much, Neil. And you certainly don't post on Facebook. But if we engaged more on Twitter and had, you know, like with people who talk about psychic phenomena, things like that, um, we might, you know, get some more followers. You have to engage on Twitter. That's the thing. You're supposed to converse with people. That's the whole point. Oh, well, it does take effort to converse. I don't really have a lot of time to be conversing online, but it's a, a good way to promote the show. We should look into it. Yeah. Well, the, the, uh, the topic of, of the day here is, as we speak before we get a call. Or, surprise, surprise. Yeah. Is what it really takes to understand the approach to being a psychic. You know, some people just are born that way. That's one. That's like a what Lady, Lady Gaga song, "Born This Way." Born this way. Yeah, it is, well, but it's not about being psychic. It's about she being. Can't being at the moment? No, it's about be. It's it's like you know, in, inclusion for all sexual identities. That's yeah. why. Uh, the other. So if you're born that way and you're just an intuitive child or. You have a lot of children are like this, but they kind of grow out of it. So we all have some experience, maybe as children, where we think we see ghosts or whatever. We have a playmate, imaginary playmate, or we say something rather uh, surprising that sounds like it's maybe psychic. So in that respect, Typically, people who grow up from childhood being psychic, they, they don't stop. They, they remain psychic. What, so and I'm it, sorry. You said that some grow out of it. Are you talking about the intuitive, the ones no, that are more? No, just kids that a lot of kids will have make-believe and have imaginary play friends and all that. But they, they grow out of it. You grow out of it. You don't, you don't stay with it. it, it yeah, I understand. I see what you mean. Right. Got something. it. But 
the idea that if you're truly a psychic and you were a psychic from birth, well, that's going to be a hard struggle. Now, some people um, channel it into being a therapist. They're highly intuitive. Some people channel it into being a scientist, but they become more scientifically inclined. So you can channel a gift into different modes. Right, instead of rather than developing into it being uh, into a full psychic yeah, and a full time psychic. psychic. Now, so the question is then, what about these latent uh, people? Th- these these areas where people become psychic and they decide at thirty they want to start to be psychic, but they don't necessarily have a gift for it. They they didn't grow up with it. They just want to start developing it. Now, in that respect, it, it may or not not be karmic or it may or not be produced by the soul, but we have within our body the capacity to be psychic. It all depends on how we develop our third eye. It's like somebody, you know, the, it's like the old story of the, of the 80-pound weekly who becomes a muscle man. We, we change, we morph. That's the form of nature. We, we no longer look the way we used to and we change. Whether we like it or not, we'll be changing. And then some of us work at it. So the question is, can you work at being psychic if you are so inclined to venture into that realm? Yes, you can work at being psychic. And surprisingly enough, some people who work at being psychic are better than those who were born with psychic abilities. Depending, well, right. And so, for example, if a psychic born with intense psychic abilities doesn't really try to develop those abilities, then obviously they're going to, you know, it's going to be reduced as they as they progress because they're not working at it. It's like with any yeah. craft. It, the other gifts are involved, the, the gift of association, the gift of interpretation. The, the, the gift, gift of being just, able to decode. That's uh, a number you know, one. I mean, if someone says, oh, do you know Robert? Oh, Robert's my father who crossed over. Oh, do you know Elizabeth? That's my mother who crossed over. Well, oh, well, uh, they're here, I guess. Oh, great. And uh, uh, I, I get they're sending you flowers. You know, I mean, you could... You could stop at that level, or you, your, your psychic abilities can go deeper and they can say, well, you know, that broken bike that you want to get rid of in the garage? Oh, my God, I was just looking at it yesterday. See, like that gets a little bit better. If the message is, don't cry anymore. I, I know you weren't there when I died, but it's okay. You had other things to take care of, and I... And I prefer to be alone when I died. Oh, wow, that's okay. But so the stories get more specific as the language increases. Now, why is that? If a psychic can pick up a name and give a generalization, well, they love you. Why can't they go deeper into the analysis of or the interpretation of the vibration of something deeper? Well, it's kind of saying, like someone says, you know, I took a math class, and that's it for me. Other people go to algebra, geometry, trig, calculus, chemistry, physics. It, you know, sometimes it's hard work all the way around. Some people get a bachelor's, a master's, a doctorate. 
PhD. Some people are content to be manual workers, some people are managers, and some people are, yes, indeed, presidents. It, it does, you know, the old story, you can be born in a shack and end up in the White House. Well, you can be born with no gifts and end up totally gifted. So a lot of it takes research and time. So the question is, the question is can one academically produce a, a very important reading, but it's based mainly in the higher intellectual in regions of the brain, but yet it's uncannily psychic. Yeah, you can do that. You can do that because the intuitive mind can far outreach the grasp of normalcy. It can become supernatural. Now, that doesn't mean that they're connected and literally speaking to a spirit. It more or less means that they're, they're so highly intuitive and they're so highly intelligent that they can deduct they can deduct from their own analysis conclusions. Like a detective who wasn't at the scene of the crime, but can look at the scene of the crime and deduct so much information. So there is a difference between the two elements. And I guess if you are inclined to be connected to spirits in the first place, you don't have much work to do. Well, I kind of, I kind of, exactly. And I kind of think that there is a ceiling that people have regarding their ability to be psychic, depending on whatever they're working through in their life, what their soul's journey is about. And so there are people that can be intensely psychic and they stay psychic, or there are people that are born and have psychic um, psychic events in their childhood but aren't really focused on that path as a child but it will come in later because that was a destiny I mean I think being extremely psychic there has to be some kind of predestiny and in, uh, you know being uh, ordained or oh, what's the word I'm looking for um my brain, you know, preordained to be psychic, but there's another word I'm looking for. What is it? Anointed. Anointed. And their their paths in life are going to be set out because they're on a spiritual mission versus someone who's developing their psychic abilities and, you know, isn't necessarily ordained or anointed to be a great psychic. Well, well, see, that brings us to a premise. Being anointed comes from the idea of, of actually <clears throat> like baptism or like the king putting, putting oil. the sword on either, well, yeah. oil, uh, either, oil, uh-huh. either sh- shoulder or like you said, you know, sacred oil. Yeah, sacred oils. Um, but you have to be appointed by a higher source. Right. So those that are anointed or if you will, more reduced appointed, mm-hmm. comes from a higher source. Now, that may have developed in the astral realm. That may have been developed pre-body. Most energy. definitely. 
Most definitely. Yeah. So the soul already comes in and just develops in, in the energy source of their, their appearance, their physical appearance. Just we tend to think that a physical appearance is based on genetics. And so, but how many children are, don't look like their parents? Well, not only that, but how many children, I mean, are born with defects that affect their appearance. And yeah. so you have to talk about why that happens, karma, past lives, you know, they're deformed or whatever it is. Um, you know, that's not just random. I mean, maybe science would consider a random, you know, something in the genes that happens. Um, but I don't think it's random. No, I mean, we can't, we can't really reenact the, the activity in the astral realm in terms of, of pre-existence, of pre-physical existence. But we, you know, I mean, we could say that, well, the king has a son, and now that son will eventually be king because of the genealogy and the, and the offspring. But in the astral realm, it's hard to really determine how we ultimately define how someone's destined to become somebody. Even if you take the simple premise of a president, you know, a peanut that's, or a log cabin. That's what I was going to say. President yeah. was going to be my example about a destiny line. I don't know if someone's destiny, you know, their destiny is to become a peanut farmer. Well, I mean, if we're talking about destiny, the with destiny a capital is D. synonymous with a controlling factor. So, you know, in, in the universe, there is no destiny. Destiny means that there's some, something is constructing an end and it's there from the beginning. Now, if, if you're an existentialist, you don't believe in God, you just believe in science, there is no destiny. There is only cause and effect and there's natural selection and things like this, it, you know, under the terminology of evolution. But if you get into the idea that there is a higher creator, a higher energy source that is directing the activities of our human planet, then then why not? Throw in whatever you want. Destiny, outcome, omens, karma. It doesn't matter. Just decorate the cake. Because if you have a creator, anything goes. If you have... A, if you don't believe in a creator and you assume that this is just a scientific explosion, a cosmic explosion, and you don't gather your brain in such a way that you start to ponder how did that start, and you just say it's energy, stardust, whatever, then there is no controlling factor. But then the idea is, well, how did it all randomly get this way? And, and where did that come from? How can something that is not intelligent create something that have nothing to do with this, and yet there's this order going on? Well, you could just say, well, leave it to the brain. You know, we've evolved. But it gets so complicated, and we're not here to prove or disprove a create, the creator existence. We're here to try to assume that there is a creator, there is some form of some evaluation of karma or destiny or happen chance or something like that 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 appears to be part of the human existence. So in that form, and 
which one we ascribe to, that there is something going on behind the curtains of physicality. There's something going on in the cosmic realm, the astral realm. Um, I'm reminded of, you know, that song, Bob Dylan, uh, you don't know what's going on here, do you, Mr. Jones? I don't know what he meant. You know, there's other interpretations as to what he really meant by that. But I took it, I took it um, on a privilege of thought to think that it was about the universe as well. Um, you walk into a room, you know, and things are unexpectedly happen, happening. I have tried not to listen to Bob Dylan as much as possible in my life. So I don't, yeah. <laughs> don't know that specific well, song, a, so I'll have to listen yeah. to it. You know, I know he's great poetic, you know, he's, uh, there, you know, there's, you know, he's brilliant in many aspects, but I just, you know, he's yeah. great. I don't like his voice too much, but anyway, I'll well, listen to the song. Well, you know, I mean, it, it's just an, an, an example, you know, under the canopy of a metaphor. <laughs> what do, oh. what, what gives a human being the right the privilege, the gift of knowing the future, and and then telling people what they should or shouldn't do, or, or what they should be wise of, or what gives them the right? Well, you know, where does that gift come from? And if you're accurate, how do you explain the origin of that accuracy level? You know, that's the main question. Who's directing all of this? It it, it really is a, a question. Some people don't care. You know, I mean, they just don't care. It's, well, it's a just, lot of people don't it, care. It's just beyond their interest level. And they just assume we walk, you know, we're born, we walk on the planet, we do what we do, and then we die. And there's all there is to it. Okay? Well, well, that's, you're not going to die that way. You might even live longer than a pure mystic. But the question is, for those that ponder, what is this all about? We tend to get so frustrated, we, we just tend to say, well, you know what? Love is the most important thing. Love and unity. That's it. Love, unity, and peace. And we wrap it up in this triad, in this trinity of, of behavior, where we just assume that it's, that's I, the real I, meaning of life. I would call it a trite ad. <laughs> trite yeah. ad. A right. Well. Right aid. Well, um, yeah, I don't, but, I don't love unity. I mean, it's so uh, hallmark. Yeah, I, you know, I mean, the principle behind it is real. Yeah, but, but it's the reality so diluted is, and is it, oftentimes upsetting. Very much so. That you can't, you can't get around it. But you know, it's the splitting of the mind. It's the splitting of the human, of the human energy. Some think right, some think wrong, black and white. So we get into this realm where we we start to question the the pure essence of why we are all here. Uh, we were listening to the news uh, a couple of days ago, six o'clock news or whatever, and, and all the guy did to introduce the show that was going to be on the show. He's the the newscaster spent five minutes going through one disaster or after another that he was going to cover. By the time he got through with the headlines, there was hardly any show left. Oh, you're talking about World News tonight, which I actually, it's funny that you mentioned it because I've been thinking about that show 
and the difference between the PBS NewsHour, which we have access to because I have a subscription to PBS. I donate a little bit every month to PBS. So anyway, um, I watched the PBS newscast, and the content was so much more, I mean, there was just much more detail and depth to the content than a show like World News Tonight. And you're right, there's an introduction of about three, three minutes probably, and then commercial, and then very short, you know, very short stories within that 30-minute time frame. And it doesn't, you know, it's, it's like uh, very glossed you over. Know, I swear, you know, maybe, we, maybe a UFO has not literally landed and walked around amongst us because they, as soon as they get down here and see what's going on, they, like a bus going by the bus stop, no, well, we're not stopping here. But then again, the question has to be asked, why are we in such a mess? Why, what, what, why are we such a mess? Why do people need psychics? Why are people in trouble? Why is there so much strife and murder? Why is there so many opposing forces? Was this because Stardust made it this way? Or is there something controlling it? Now, Bible people will say, well, this is the Bible and this is what's going to happen, and let's go back to Adam and Eve. Now we're in the end times. And, oh, oh yeah, and if you don't accept Christ, you, you know, you're going to be going to hell, wherever that is. And if you do, you'll go to heaven. You know, and then others don't believe that at all. You know, Buddha, mystics, existence is the essence, the simplicity. The, the, you, you die into creation. You, be, you evolve into something higher, and you're forever traveling back and forth. Time is not of the essence. Time does not really exist. Time is just an invention of the mind. We're all in one place. You know, so there's this feeling. You mean all in one place simultaneously? Simultaneously. <laughs> all in one place. Omnipresent. We, we are everything, and everything that is on the earth is within us. You know, a beautiful thoughts, and they can work if your existence subscribes subscribes to that kind of thinking. I have a but, subscription to that kind of thinking. Yeah. It comes to my mailbox. Yeah, Boys Life. I've seen it. <laughs> no, that's your subscription, yeah, dear. Yeah, I know. Yeah, and I, I have five years subscription. <laughs> Didn't you but, send that to somebody once I when did. you were a kid? I wanted to really get somebody in trouble. So, but, uh, so um, well. So the you know we it doesn't this is so really ridiculous that we have to define life in such separate segments and, and every human being you know if you get well, ten people you're going to have maybe at least three or four opinions as to the nature or the origin of existence well, and why we're here well in ter- but segmenting life I mean life is segmented business personal relationship. Uh, spirituality. I mean, we live in a segmented world. Well, we live in a segmented world. There's, there's no denying that. I mean, you know, the diversity of life is such that it, it starts that way from the beginning. You know, China, Russia, Iceland. Well, the Tower you, of Babel. I mean, well, just, you go into that yeah. storybook. Yeah, you can talk about the Tower of Babel and consider that either being myths or storytelling or pure fact, the Word of God. It, the word of God, like God speaks words. 
But nonetheless, we're in a, a, we're trying to explain an unsolvable puzzle. But to make things easy on us, we believe in that our approach is right and we stand by it. Our approach, yours well, and yeah. mine. <laughs> yeah. That anyone's approach is right and they stand behind well, it. Well, I mean, anyone's approach is right. I mean, all these ideas simultaneously, simultaneously exist about how you know the earth was created and why we're here. So there's such a diversity of opinions on that. I'm, it's like it, it will never be so. Never. There's never going to be a solution, a uniformity of thought, ever on this planet, unless some sweeping hand reinvents everything, and we are all now an ant colony, doing the one thing that we were made to do, and we all feel the same way. That's it. I don't know what's more nightmarish, that or the divisions that we have that come along with the idea that there's going to be death, murder, incest, torture, lying, deceiving, as much as there is love, unity, community, things like that. So we're, you know, diversity brings trouble, but diversity also brings creativity. I mean... We can't get around it. If we want to be different, we have to accept that it's going to be controversy. And the little spaces in our meager existences where there is unity, where there is a moment when people unite under one cause or, or befriend somebody who's absolutely friendless, that's the human condition too. So when we get back to being psychic, the uniformity of being a psychic is not, there's no uniform way of being a psychic. There's no one approach. And there's no one method. And there's no one outcome. Yeah. And I mean, let's talk about the, the use of energy to affect someone's life. Um, so many psychics give psychic readings and they're on, you know, they're on a basic psychic brain level. So using their psychic ability and not really connecting to spirits and guides or what have you, but they're using their brain power to retrieve psychic information about whoever they're reading. Then you have people who are connecting to the other side. Um, There are people that are connected to higher beings and not everyone is uniform in the way they approach being psychic and not all psychics have a wide breadth of being psychic in terms of their um, ability to move from one segment of, of being psychic to another, right? Mm-hmm. So there's that. Then the idea of being able to affect a person's life by the use of energy is a whole different level of being psychic. It's very advanced. So not, I mean, you know, prior to meeting you, I had had several readings with many different psychics and no one had the approach that you had of working with energy to try to change outcomes of certain people's lives because you're dealing with people's karma, which sometimes can be very difficult uh, to work around. 
their karmic relationships, trying to improve those relationships, um, you know, helping someone get a job. There's all different kinds of way energy can be worked with to help other people or to improve one's own life. Now, I guess they're in the metaphysical community. They talk about, you know, there's the movie The Secret and, you know, manifesting. But manifesting isn't really the same as working with energy. I, I think they're two separate. They're, they're similar, but the way that they are approached are two different, two different ways. Well, two different yeah, methods. I mean, it, it's like you go to a doctor. The doctor is only there to diagnose what you have, but he won't treat you. Right? This is what you got. This is what we found. Goodbye. So if you have a psychic that says, this is the information, goodbye. Now, there are doctors that say, well, this is what you've got. Now let's work on producing a cure or we'll get you out of your pain. We'll start to develop a, a system of thought or, and medicine approach that, to where we will make you better. So a psychic can say, at least in my respect, well, here's the information. And so just giving it, let's see if we can change it. But that's because of the attitude of, quote, medicine's, quote, psychic energy. You, you're, you're working, I decided to work with energy to see what I could do. And over the course of over 60 years, I've discovered that, that there's more to it than less to it. Not always successful, so, but, but well, enough to approach it. What I want to say is that not, I, I, I have to backtrack and say that it's not that there weren't people I worked with that talked about changing a course of someone's life or getting what you wanted or what I wanted, but it was more self-directed and training towards self-directed manifestation rather than a union with that person, that guide that I was working with in order to have them assist in that manifestation. If you know what I mean? I mean, it's just a different, it's a totally different approach working with energy versus manifesting well, you hear people talk about well i'm really good at manifesting i'm it's it's different different well you know I, we can't get around it there are trainers and there are teachers and there are guides and there are people who are equipped to to help and be involved in the interaction of of producing someone's best abilities sometimes based on their own performance but always realizing that they're separate entities. And so, you know, maybe you're a built-in, it's like some psychics are built-in teachers and they just, they know that that's what they have to do. Um, But that, that is part of the master code. You go to the master, you go to the the supreme attitude of, of, intelligence and teaching and you 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 work under them but that's part of the school that goes back to the beginning of time that goes back to aristotle that goes back to how we approach people who have the gift of knowledge or have worked or inspired or gift and we learn from them and then we go our separate ways i mean 
you know, everybody has their own interpretation, but it's sometimes based on, quote, the source, like, like Wallace said, the source. Well, I think it's a much better, I mean, a, a better method to working with energy rather than having it be so self-motivated is to practice working on energy for other people. So keeping, you know, keeping those that are close to you in your thoughts or that, that are having problems and trying to direct positive energy towards them. It's a way to practice or practicing with, I mean, this is self more selfish. You know, if there's a noise in your neighborhood, getting that noise to stop, a barking dog or, you know, whatever it is that's disturbing you, loud music. And you can start to practice when you're being trained how to work with energy. And then sometimes you can do some fun things with energy, which I won't mention things that you've done before. Yeah, I mean, you got to be careful, you know, Ethically, you got to be careful. If, if you've learned how to tap into energy, and you see that what you you can do has a certain percentage of effect, the effectiveness, then yeah, you can. You, you so can I can things. I can I tell a funny story? So this well, this is about this is something that I did. So I was <laughs> I play this game called called Wordle. The New York Times has it, and it's kind of like all the cool kids play Wordle. So you have a, <coughs> a graph, and it's a five-letter word that you have to figure out. You get six tries. And I have a friend who is very competitive with me about it. So I said to Neil, I'm going to sabotage him. <laughs> you know, and this is all in fun. But two, two nights went by, and I said, I'm cursing him. I mean, really, I didn't mean a curse. But... The next day I got a text and that person said, my whole history has been deleted. I have no history of playing this game at all. There was one, one play, totally upset. And I said to Neil, oh my God, I did it. (laughs) I did it. Anyway, so I was really excited because, you know, and obviously this is in you know, it's not bad sportsmanship. It was teasing, and the and the person did retrieve, ultimately retrieve so, the history. Know, but the, it was fun. The the idea, yeah, lots of experiences like that. The idea is that what is it? The person's energy that's going out that finds the target and commits thereby commits the act desired, or is there an interceding factor? Is there something out there where it's combustible and it's spontaneously connected in such a way that by two forces or three forces or more, something occurs? The power of the mind to, um, to change things. When, when, I, when I was much younger and, and more of a, uh, a bold experiment. Maverick? I would place something on a table and will it with my mind to, to move, move and it would go across the table. Now, I would do it with different, with different objects and stuff like that. Obviously, nothing too big, but, but I could make things move. Now, or if I put my finger two inches from it, it would move. So, you know, what am I going to do with that? I, you know, I didn't. It might have just been part of the process of learning how to be a psychic and how I was going to channel my abilities in such a way 
And I've always kept myself humble. I've, I've never tried to promote myself in such a way that, you know, I would be famous, world famous and whatnot. Well, we do say in the, in the, in the bio well, that you, you, you're world renowned. Well, well, by, by doing readings, yes. <laughs> just doing readings no, I, and yeah, you're not, a lot of people. And but, you're yeah, not, you're not, you know, like, like a John Edward or yeah, someone promoting yourself in a, in a way. Icon right. Sort. Right. But do I know in my life, my abilities and what I do? Yeah, I do. But I just didn't want to go that route. Maybe there's something in my mind that says, you know, it's better not to let your ego, so much your ego be involved unless you're just doing an individual reading and you incorporate some of that in there. But, and the, and the limited promotion that we do, I, I never did. I mean, Kristen puts this stuff on the internet. But and I, I'm I no. Don't, I don't. You know, I, we're not glorifying ourselves. And not only way. that, I'm so bad at marketing. I mean, even when I was in my own, you know, prior to meeting you, I'm marketing myself, not good at it. Yeah. I am not Basically, a good marketer. Uh, my life is You know, I should have had mouth. an agent. Uh, it, it's just word of mouth. It's just people doing, having a reading and recommending somebody else, and that's the way it goes. So we but, probably need someone to market us, but maybe that will happen in the future. Well, Who knows? but the idea is, you know, if you're... T- trying to affect if you're trying to affect the world whether you're coping with it trying to influence it trying to help it aid it enlighten it it all stems from the idea of that source of energy that we some of us have more than others so what i was going to say is about our marketing or lack thereof i do believe that the flow of energy will not that we're seeking fame at all, but I mean, writing a book, so on and so forth. And I think that there's a point where this will happen on a natural course where we'll have more exposure and followers and, you know, it's not necessary to try to force it by doing things on a physical level. It will happen more on a supernatural level. That's what I think. Yeah, I mean, you can let somewhat destiny rule its course and whatever comes, what may. Come. Not to say that you shouldn't work at something. And like I said, you know, maybe I should engage more people in conversation on Twitter well, about we have, psychic We have thousands things. of followers and, and, you know, all that. There's not a problem there. We're not. No, but engagement. Engagement is is one issue you know engagement you want to be able to engage your followers and have them interact with you so well, it, that would yeah, be the I mean, we're lacking i think but the community if, producing a profession whereby you have a community of interaction as opposed to someone who is more of a hermit who just does their thing and then they disappear again like a pension or a jd salinger or somebody who's very very reclusive and they just do what they do. And they don't want to be known. They want to be left alone. But they have a tremendous gift. Well, and they have a lot to say. Yeah. And, and individually right. speaking, they, begin, they can be very engaging and diplomatic and friendly and persuasive, entertaining. So, it, 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 you know, it, it, you just, you, there's no clear definition 
But for those of you, since this is a psychic show, who, are, who for those of you who are tucked away in your homes and you just don't know what to do with your life, and yet you have this spark of interest in being psychic or intuitive or connecting, explore it. Explore it in all manner. Experiment. And, and if necessary, converse with others or practice on others. Yeah, because I it will enrich your life. Yeah. When I was a child, I, I was doing seances when I was seven. Well, you know, I did the same thing. I mean, in middle school, we practiced with the librarian. I mean, it was so, I, and, and I had very distinct psychic, intensely psychic dreams and um, events throughout my childhood, though I wasn't immersed in the way that you were. I had, I still had those events that would suggest that there was some future in that, in the psychic field. And we practiced, like I said, with the librarian, you know, we would, you know, try to guess, uh, I don't know what we did. I don't even remember, you know, holding cards, what number am I looking at? She would practice with us and I read psychic books and I had friends that were interested as well. But obviously my life took a different course than those people. Um, So there was a more, you know, and I think also uh, people that are geared to be psychic are good listeners. And so I found throughout my youth that I was advising my friends all the time. I was the one that everybody talked to about their problems, despite any problems that I might have been having. You know, I was the one who provided answers. So I think that's a part of it as well. I mean, there's a psychological approach to doing readings and having that kind of knowledge is definitely helpful when you infuse it with psychic Well, you you bring up a a good point. I mean, when we look at the word you you chose um, in that noun form, but it's also a verb, to listen. So we look at that word for a minute. What does it really mean to listen? Well, let's look at it. First of all, we have the word list. So a good listener will a good listener will listen to someone as though they're composing a list of topics and they know that list. And if you say phonetically listen, that that list is in the person's mind. So when you say that uh, a good psychic is a good listener, in 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 the breakdown of the word, what you're saying is a good psychic lists what they're listening to, and they keep it inside. And once it's kept inside, it commingles with the elements of that person's performance or that person's abilities, the psychic intuitive state of mind and body and soul. So now we have a combination of energy. So a good listener actually lists what is being heard, takes it in, and then reassembles it perhaps in such a way that what they give back is just not an echoing. An active listener will say, I hear what you're saying. You're telling me this. So now the person knows they've been listened to. But a an active listener, an active listener that is progressive and proactive will take that and then go a step further and add to what was listed with such insight that now the receiver, on the other hand, will gain their own interest in their, in their listening skill. Now you build upon both people compounding one another's thoughts 
into such a way that there's some sort of revelation or conclusion or answer. Insight. And that's the very word. Even when we say insight, how do you have insight? What is that referring to? You don't see in. What is, you, you can imagine. You can, you can evaluate, calculate. But insight in its birth process is the third eye. You have insight. You can say, well, you have good interpretive skills. You, know, you have a good assemblage of mind so you can analyze things. No, insight. They call it insight. And they even say S-I-G-H-T. So what is that all about? It, even in the paintings, of ancient paintings with the third eye on the forehead, what is that? What is that third eye? So when we talk about developing ourselves on a psychic level, what, whether we know it or not, we're in the universe of the third eye. The naked eye is the world. The third eye is the universe. And the universe captures all kinds of information that is not readily available to the naked eye. And we say naked eye because in reference they they ate the apple right and exactly they, they were <laughs> naked yes i knew you were going there yeah i knew you were going there so the naked eye is about the 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 expansive realm of physicality that's the naked eye i saw it with my naked eye i saw it with my naked eye that means that you're not it's not supernatural that means that it is the the idea that what you see you can you can interpret in any kind of language, but it's based on the physicality. Now, when we get more into the way of physics and abstract thinking, we're getting a little bit closer to the third eye. You know. Well, if you talk to a scientist, they probably wouldn't agree. They well, they would base it on theory and mathematical equation, but a lot of scientists cannot physically produce what they see. They do it by an order of, of equations, like Einstein, like the bending of, the, of light. So if we have the idea, nuclear fission, we have the idea that there is something beyond what we can grasp with the naked eye we can scientifically abstract it in such a way that it becomes an equation. And that equation is based upon compounds and chemical reactions and relationships between, if you will, trigonometry and algebra and geometry and division and energy itself. But now when we go a step further, you know, the psychic is still following the scientist. But now the psychic will branch off and say, yeah, but you know who told me all this was George from the jungle who lives on planet X. Or, you know, King David or, or Archangel Michael. You know, they told me. God told me. Moses, Jesus, Mohammed, Buddha. You know, now the scientists go, no, 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 no. That's fairy tale. But you see, we're still within the family of the third eye. So we're, we psychics are just a little bit more fairy tale-ish than a scientist. 
but we we sort of lived under the same ceiling. But you know, a bathroom is not a kitchen. So a scientist will say, I beg your pardon, but I'm not a mystic. I'm not a psychic and don't put me in the same house as one. Fine. Don't have breakfast in the bathroom. But we're under the same ceiling of energy and thought. Just as we approach it back to the individuals who are trying to, to find some meaning in their life. Why am I here? What am I doing here? What's my purpose? Well, somewhere you have to start from scratch. And that scratch is the third eye and breath. You have to start there if you have no other options. And you have to grasp the idea that the first reason you're here is that you exist. That's why you're here. Now, where that branches, that's according to the mind and the spirit and the willingness. But the fact that we exist is reason enough to be here. What else on a pile on that? Disappointments, you know, bad teaching, bad upbringing, inadequacies, feeling like you've been traumatized by, by your lifestyle. Those are the things that wear us down. Yeah, they certainly do. But, but the only way we'll cease to exist is either we die naturally, we commit suicide, or we're murdered. <laughs> you know, this is so uplifting. <laughs> no, it, it is. No, I mean, it you know, the purpose that existence doesn't have to be explained. You don't have to explain it. You exist. There's no explanation for that. Well, I'm here. Yeah, but I mean, finding a purpose within existence is—that's is, an existential question. Is is the, I the think at least very... for me, uh, you know, has been a, an important aspect of my life throughout my life. Finding a purpose and and knowing a purpose, having a purpose. You know, I spoke with someone recently, a dental hygienist, and she was talking about, you know, I didn't know what I wanted to be, and I was taking a photography class, and then someone talked about being dental hygienist, and I didn't even know that existed, because my dentist cleaned my teeth, you know, for years. He didn't want to pay hygienists. I didn't even know hygienists existed. And I thought, wow, I mean, to not really know what you wanted to do in life, where, I mean, I personally had a direction all of my life and something that I, you know, but that's just it. a passion. You used the very word. I didn't know a hygienist existed. I did. She's using the same vocabulary that is the essence of our conversation. You don't know something exists, but they exist. The essence that existence itself branches into an energy field in which you find your meaning. So her discovery, I didn't know it existed, and then and I then became she, what right. I didn't know what existed. Yeah, of course, I get that. So it loops back into a sort of Ouroboros energy that she's biting the very tail of what her question was. And she becomes now involved into doing what she does. Right, but I mean, when you take, I mean, yourself, for example, knowing what you were going to do throughout your life, I mean, there was no question, you know, your writing, your all, all the different things that you did throughout your journey, you knew what your path was. I, the same goes to me. I mean, 
in everything I did up to the point I met you and then moving into that realm, I would say, no, I didn't really know I was going to get into psychic energy as deeply as I have. I didn't know that was my destiny line. But aside from that, I always had a purpose and a direction. So to encounter someone who said, well, you know, I really, I had to try to figure out and, you know, learn a trade. I was like, well, I can't even imagine. You know, life is a process. Life is a process that evolves into different stages. And so the beauty of life is that we constantly evolve and transform. And what we thought was our stance in life slowly merges into something else. And we're never clearly defined on a singular basis. Now, some people are. Maybe that's their, quote, destiny. Well, yeah, and you talk but, about Bob Dylan. That probably, you know, he had a destiny line to be who he is. Well, as know, an I, icon. There was some, you know, he was a, kind of a ballad, ballad prophet putting into, into his lyrics things that were extraordinarily different. But, you know, preceding him was Pete Seeger and people oh, yeah, like I that. Like and, um, that even all the way back to the grassroots of, of folk music and, and things like that, even gospel music, where we <clears> are inspired to produce an energy, but what branches and what makes a Ricky Nelson different than a Bob Dylan? I mean, Ricky Nelson did, you know, go into a garden party and that was kind of weird for Ricky Nelson, but really Ricky Nelson and Bob Dylan are two different people, but they're two singular singers. You know, what, how do you define where one is going to become a prophet and the other one's going to be a pop singer? Oh yeah. And then you get into the idea of of those that are you know that aren't that aren't songwriters. I don't know if Ricky Nelson was he a songwriter? I, Garden Party, I think he did. So I mean, you know, then there's the the aspect of, of of people that are musicians that are playing other people's works, classical singers, opera singers. They're you know not composing. Gen, I mean, some become composers, but generally they're they're the vessel for someone else's for someone else's creation. So yeah, I mean, they're. I, you know, Let's just say that it's wonderful to be a human being, for the most part. We it's have wonderful a to be creative. What and, the heck? And who's his caller? I don't know. Um, we can bring them on quickly. Well, in two minutes. I can't even see the. I'm having problems. Caller, you're, you're entering our show at the very tail end. Yeah. Hi, 307. Hey, guys. This is Danny. How are you? Danny, hi. You know, I was thinking about you yesterday. Well, a uh, crazy thing is there was a shift in the restaurant, which you mentioned with our private reading. They ended up firing the general manager, and now my cousin and I are managing it. Oh, wow. So you guys so, did say that there was a shift coming for the, with the restaurant, and that's why I, yeah. as soon as I saw that email, I had to call and let you guys know. Oh, I'm so glad for your for your listeners. Hey, that's oh, great. You. Yeah, Appreciate and that. you know, Danny, if you're ever inclined to write a review on our page, um, we would welcome it. You're of course no obligation, but um, of course, so always appreciated. And uh, I, we're glad for that validation. Any question today? I think the only question that I have is um, the fruitfulness of my cousin and myself running it. Well, you know, I, I think we talked about, what's your birthday again, Danny? He's in uh, May 18th, 93, Taurus. That's right, May 18th, so that's that. 
1993, but he's a 369, I believe. 369 or 279? I didn't add it up, but I know he's nine. Yeah. So, I mean, you're still well before your karma and your cousin and yourself are going to manage the restaurant. Now, we talked about that restaurant being kind of a karmic situation. And what we saw is eventually you're going to move out of it. You know, what I said to Neil after the reading is what I think is going to happen is eventually you're going to move out of being directly involved in that restaurant. And because you have, you you own a share of the restaurant, correct? Uh, 33 and a third. So you will, whether or not you're actively involved at a later date in, in, in the operations day to day in that restaurant, you're going to still profit off the restaurant because you have a share. So I would suggest you keep that share as far as managing it. I mean, you're already very busy. Right. With the restaurant, as far as we know. And this is going to be much more of a, uh, a time yeah, the factor. Other thing, uh, the other thing, Danny, when you're talking about codes, you can't help it. You said 33 and a third. Well, essentially, take away the three. one because one times anything is the same number. But you have 333, three, three, three. which is a nine, which nine. is your master number. Yeah, so correct. The, and, and the idea that you're, uh, you're in your day, you have an eight, which includes money, and that's next to a one, as in 33 and a third. And um, the, the, the fact that there's your ending number in your birth date is a three. And that ending number in your birth date is a three. Your master number is a nine. And that comes back and repeats the year you were born. Yeah. So this was destiny bound, Danny. And so what you're doing is you're fulfilling a destiny whereby the attitude of that eight in your day is to reassure you that your quest to be successful is karma. Uh, not only that, but he has a five alpha three omega, which is also an eight. So your first and last come to an eight, matching your eight in the day. Yeah. 18, as we talked about before, is a very powerful number. So, I mean, not only the eight, eight's power and transcendence, it's the first chakra above the chakras in the body. But 18 itself is extremely powerful. Yeah. So, I don't know. If, I hope that helps to answer your question. Most definitely. Um, I more or less just wanted to give you guys validation to your viewers and just say, like, my private reading with you guys was just out of this world, and thank you. Oh, thank you so much. We really appreciate it, Danny, and hopefully we'll talk to you again soon. You're always welcome to call the show or call us privately. Yes, thank you. Take care, guys. Have a great day. You too. Take care. Bye-bye. Bye. I really was thinking about him yesterday, so he called. That happens. We're back on air Friday, 9 a.m. Pacific, 12 p.m. Eastern, and uh, we'll either have a very esoteric conversation or we'll get some more callers. We'll see. Bye.